Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo app today. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Not only is Curtis one of the best hosts of the station, he's also a hockey guy. And at noon, when free agency opens, oh. thorough hockey breakdown of every signing across the league, including Oliver Ekman Larson, expected to sign in Florida, Curtis, not Boston, one year, $2.25 million. Oh, so. quick aside, ESPN, they had an uh, awful week down there. Used to work at the Ooh. Worldwide Leader yeah, and so uh, saw one of my uh, first bosses, one of the most influential people in my radio career, Louise Cornetta, was let go and... She was great for me. She worked at 890. She's been at ESPN forever, local um, woman, so uh, wish her nothing but the best. A lot of very talented, good people. Were Heavy hitters go. all over the place. Yeah, Matt Hasselbeck, Steve Young, Todd McShay, Susie Culber, Ashley Brewer, Max Kellerman, Keyshawn, Jalen Rose, Jeff Van Gundy, Ninkovich not resigned. Right. Amazing. That's a and, tough and, day across I the mean, board. I uh, mean, across the board. And Van Gundy is as good at his job as anybody. I mean, I love Jeff Van Gundy. A lot of talented people and, unfortunately, a lot more people behind the scenes who don't make nearly as much money as those people were uh, laid off. So ESPN Radio, which was once the, once the standard bearer, I mean, getting a job there in 2008 was like, <clears throat> I made it. And now it's just a barren wasteland. They spent a lot of money on McAfee. Do you think they made the right call? Yes, McAfee as a, I mean, his YouTube show, which just YouTube stream, would be doing 250,000 people watching at one time. Which, yeah. So whenever you see TV ratings, it'll say, you know, 1.2 million viewers. But every 15 minutes, that's a different 1.2 million people, which, if that makes sense. So to have a live 250,000 people is a huge, huge following. He's going to be a hit. It's I not my cup of tea. I'm not a huge fan of that show um but bro talk I, you and i are bro talk We're like McAfee. it's just a little bit uh i'd like a little more opinion from pat mcafee <laughs> but he, you, why why should he listen to me he's doing very well before i we get back to the patriots are a year away red sox are a year away talk and this belichick statement of a four-year rebuild um would you care for the red sox lineup today in toronto uh we have to get a drop i don't think stiz knows where that is Okay. Lineup's out, though. Ref Snyder, Verdugo, Turner. Oh, you're not going to get me into baseball talk again. God in heaven. Devers, Duvall, Yoshida. Who cares? Kike, Arroyo, Hamilton, Cutter Crawford on the mound. 5-0 and against Toronto this year. 5-0. and And a great performance from Paxton yesterday. They well, should keep him, not trade him. Well, so, Bayo, Paxton, one-two punch. Okay. Four and a half out of a wild card. This team is going to make a playoff. Oh, so you lied. You said they were four games earlier. Four and a half. Uh... Um, so Toronto's ahead of them in the standings. Can I just tell you something? 
Greg That's Hill the is the effing man. <laughs> okay. He's just it's just agree, such a, but why? He's just so helpful. Is he ripping me in text? No, no, no. He's just I ask a favor and it's like What, he got you a table again? Yep. Oh god. Just the best. I I, I it is amazing. Don't I, you feel bad to accept the table charity all the time and like it's, I, Greg will tell you and it's like, like a, two times in my life it's happened. I, I don't go out much. No, Ken. More than two. It's once a month. Once a month. He what delivers you? for you. North End here. I've never gone out to the dinner in the North End on a recommendation from Greg Hill. What's the point of having connections if you don't use them? Yeah, but you can overuse them too. Okay, I don't assure you. Think you're you, a nuisance to Greg. Not at all. Uh, I, I mean, he can tell you. I, I've literally asked twice. That's not what he's told me. Um, now, Belichick on this podcast with Tandenbaum. When was this? Is this recent? Audio? I'm sorry. I'm thanking Greg, oh. just in case he's not listening. God, um, would you focus, please? This, Stop worrying about meals tonight. This is not tonight. This is big-time sports talk on your Saturday on your 4th of Let's July. Let's do this day. thing. Boston, you were titled town. Let's get back there. This <laughs> was uh, Bill Belichick on the 33rd Team podcast. Mr. It's Not About Me doing yet another docuseries on everything about him and his career, rewriting history with Mike Tannenbaum. Okay. Um is this the full clip? of It's got everything in here? I know you, you trimmed this off. This is 30 seconds of Bill Belichick discussing how after four years is really four years is really what it takes to marinate for his meal to be ready. Okay. So Even though this team was nowhere near the team that we left in 96, had you know declined quite a bit, say by 03, uh, even though we won in 01, but by 03, uh, that this was a pretty, pretty good football team, you know, in all three phases of the game. And so it, it kind of took the same, you know, basic four-year window that it, it took in Cleveland. Again, we were fortunate to win in 01, but I would say by 03, 04, we had, uh, you know, one of the better teams in the league. Okay, so that's a little clip out of it. Now, basically, this is Belichick's overall ethos that it takes four years to build a winner. Took that in Cleveland, took that here the initial time in New England, and you could extrapolate that after Brady left, it takes four years to rebuild after they, quote, sold out, which is what his statement was. But and you know what's interesting is, do you remember the audio we played? Uh, and uh, it's in a GHS Daily Excuses bill, Stiz, if you want to find that, back on the Charlie Weiss uh, Sirius XM mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. That was the fall of 2020, and he listed the excuses. They had to reset all mm-hmm. of these things. Yes. So it was either a reset or it needed four years. Back then it wasn't. Why can't it be both? Of course, it, you can't be both. You had to reset the roster. You're talking about the next year. You had to get back under the cap. You're talking about dead money, whatever. The, the Patriots right now have dead money because of the bad signing of Johnny Smith. They have dead money because of the retirement of Devin McCourty. They have about $15 million to $20 million, No, they have $20 million in dead money right now. So but that doesn't even matter. They're not spending to their exactly. limit, as you keep pointing out. So the reset, it's all gibberish. And the the four years to 03 and the four years in Cleveland, what did that Cleveland team win after four years? A playoff game? Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. Beat the Patriots. Right. I, I, <laughs> first playoff game I ever saw. It was kind of a dud. But he, Yeah, and he goes on, and Phil Perry wrote a big piece about this um, at NBC Sports Boston, and he talks about how Belichick told him once he was upset that his buddy Chip Kelly was fired by the Eagles in 2015 because they didn't give him enough time. He was at the end of his third season. It's, quote, really disappointing and goes on to how, talk about how good Chip Kelly is. And if they had given him time to build, he would have done it. I guess just the overall question is, do you give Bill a – do you understand how it's taken this long to retool, rebuild? I believe they're a year away from legitimately contending and could make a playoff this year. Ten wins. They'll be in the mix for a wild card. I don't think you believe that, even though you like Mac. 
You don't believe in the weapons around him, correct? No, I don't. Well, I don't believe in the 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 people that are protecting him, and I don't believe that they have the elite. Like it isn't a slight against Mac, just like it's not a slight against Josh Allen to say that they need better talent around them to reach their true potential. Like yeah. I just don't. Oh, no, I think you could that, be. He could be running for his life this year and not have time, and we could blame that single. That could be the single derailment of the season. But here's what I don't understand: Robert Kraft <laughs> says that to everybody he's a fan first. You watch the AFC East. You see Buffalo right up north, a team that you went, I think Tom Brady is 33-3 and against the Bills. One of those was a loss that they gave up anyway that he didn't even play the full game in. In completed game, games against the Bills, Bill, uh, Tom Brady is 33-2. and Unbelievable domination. That team drafted a young quarterback that had a lot of raw talent and then got him the best receiver available. And that team is perennially winning the division and going into the second or third round of the playoffs. Why? Then you see Tua, a former teammate of your current quarterback, came from the same college coach that's Bill's best friend and Nick Saban. He's okay. And then before the concussions, he was an MVP candidate last year because of the weapons you surrounded him with. They've dominated you head to head. Why? You're three and nine or three and ten against the Dolphins and Bills the last three years. Why? In one of those was the win game really shouldn't matter. Why? In the game, you, another game that you beat the Dolphins, they were on their third-street quarterback. So against them at their full strength, you basically can't beat the Dolphins and Bills. Why haven't you fixed that? Why well, haven't you learned from that? Bill is telling you it's four years, so this is now the year. We were building up to this season. If you're going to take him literally at the four-year plan, this is year four. And I guess Hein Bloom as well, if you want to throw him in the mix. So Hein Bloom took over in 2019. Right. So this is it. These are huge... Uh, watershed it, moments for Bloom and Belichick. It Your feels, belief in them and whether they can actually deliver wins. It feels like they're further away this year than they have been in the last three. Red Sox or Patriots? Patriots. Really? You feel that way? Yes. Well, their Vegas does. They have their lowest win loss uh, win total but under Pat- Belichick. But Patricia was a joke. I know we go back to this all the time, but it was. You are right. It was one of the blunders of Belichick's But you lifetime. argued me on that at this time. You were saying, I did not. Yes, you did. You defended it. I, I, you said I did Bill not. will be calling plays. It'll be fine. I mean, if I, I was skeptical. Ken, I you didn't... haven't agreed with me on the in the history of the show. <laughs> That's not true. You and I agree on a lot of things. Okay. Brady should not have retired. <laughs> okay. Dead uh, with the Brady talk. Uh, you, but they they cured that. They fixed that. How can you sit here and say the Patriots are not in better shape this year than they were last year? Last year was an abomination. Because if you called that out ahead of time, good for you. Maybe I didn't uh, vociferously enough. You knew it was going to be a disaster, and it was. Well, it wasn't me. It was Greg Bedard. It was Andy Hart. It was everybody that was at training camp. But I'm saying now, a month before training camp, yes, you're talking about a team that in Mac's rookie year went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The, the team was at one point, I think they had a seven or eight game winning streak that year. They had a bad playoff loss, and they had a mediocre offseason leading to the laughter of the Rams when they drafted Cole Strange. The offseason wasn't great, but the team was a 10-win team, 9-win team. I think they won 10 games. Maybe I'm wrong. I think they ended up 10-8. and eight. Uh, And so the Patriots had 10 wins with a rookie quarterback entering his second year. We all thought that... Yeah, ten and seven with playoff loss, ten and eight. Yes. So nine and ten wins was, I think, a lot of people's expectation. Yes, they regressed last year to eight and nine, no doubt. So with a disaster, it's so, amazing they won eight. So entering with as last, bad as Patricia was, entering last year, they were a ten win team. People were not saying seven wins. There was a better thought of the Patriots entering last year than there is at this time entering next year. I don't know. I, I 
Vegas may have that as the case, but it's it's amazing to me that you would think that, that you think less of them now, that you think they're in disarray. I didn't they, say disarray. I said that they're not good enough. The rest of the division has gotten much better. Aaron Rodgers is now in the division. Well, maybe that's as simple as that. People feel like Rodgers will make a difference with the Jets. The outside of the Jets, who have you beaten? Yeah, but I feel like the Bills are more beatable than they were last year. I don't feel like they're as um, okay. intimidating. Who's gotten better? I mean, have the, the Bills and the Jets combined? Are they as good or slightly better when you combine the roster talents? Than the Patriots? The division is better than it was yeah. last year. Yes, I would agree with that. Even though the Bills might take a slight step back, the Jets took two steps forward. Mm-hmm. So you are in a very tough division. It is a tough division. You have not maintained with the people around you. And the Jets, with Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry, go 2-0 and against you last year. Mm. I mean... Those are two games. <laughs> that, so you're talking about going from 8-9 and nine yeah. to 6-11. and 11. Yeah, they get. They have to win. They have to go three and three in the division. It's so not going to happen. They have to find a way to do that. But that's what I'm talking about. Entering last year, nobody was saying they're going to lose to the Jets. Nobody thought the Jets were a problem. The Patriots were a ten win team on the upswing. But it's a huge year for Bill to find out about Mac. You would agree with that? If so, they find out he's the guy and the franchise guy, they would spend. I believe they'll spend on a second contract for him. They'll give him pretty good money. They're not going to give Bill, him. Bill and Mac aren't talking, and they're going to give him big good money. Yeah, Kraft will step in there. I, and, uh, and and write that check, and Bill will acquiesce. We did a little bit of the 19 wins this week about what it will take for Bill to catch Shula. And I, I, I really believe this in the deep, deep recesses of my brain, that nobody cares about that. Nobody. Who who in their right mind walks around today? They're going to the beach up in Maine. They're like, you know, Pats will be mediocre this year, but I sure hope Bill stays around <laughs> to beat There's Shula's a lot of in Bill we trust signs still out there across New England. I haven't seen one. No, they're all in the pro shops. Let's go to uh, John and Canton here on the Kenny Curtis Show. Good morning, John. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Um, I wish I was better. Um, this, you know, as a season ticket holder, um, I called you guys last summer, and I'll just say that every single month that goes by with this clown show, they've got to be literally lying to everybody, the two of them because they're protecting themselves, and the team is absolutely going nowhere. Do you, and, f- do you feel like with a I couple of moves, know. they could be going somewhere? That's the question. Of course. Of course. However, what faith can any educated Patriot fan have that they will spend enough to not nickel and dime and get the deals done that bring us back to respect, playoff contention? Yeah, I, I. What facts point to that? The only facts are the Kraft spent a lot a couple years ago, maybe foolishly. Uh, at the time, it was kind of shocking, to be honest, and some of the deals didn't work out. But well, I just how believe... is it foolishly? Do you think the Patriots are profitable? Well, you just talked about the dead money they have for Johnu Smith, right. and it's not relevant to the cap. It's well, why'd just... you bring it up then? Because Bill Belichick's talked about how he's so smart with his money, he's made a lot of mistakes, which is part of the reason he's. In right. other words, they he's were done with their money. The four-year reset is in part because of his ineptitude. So to say it's four years is laughable. Okay, so it matters then. The the four-year thing is they're not even close, guys. I mean, mean, yeah, let's let's say they get Hop, right? Great. Hop will help dramatically. It's probably a two- or three-game win swing if they get Hop. But they didn't do anything to protect Mac. Yeah, that they is surprising. That is, that is really surprising. I think surprising is one adjective for it. I think you could say <laughs> stupid. Well, it, it could be. It could be catastrophically stupid. 
Like if Mac Jones is but look hit at that Cowboys often, game last year where Mac got obliterated. I, I mean, mean they, they did get Riley Reef, so they brought in a Justin Turner esque veteran tackle signing. Maybe he's better than I think, or some people think. Uh, that's a, that's hope. So the question from the caller is, what do you have to base it on? Great Barrier Reef. Oh, I like it. The, what you have is, I can't see Kraft and Belichick just ending on a whimper. I cannot. They're I whimpering around. They have been. But in the next year and two, the four-year window, the four-year rebuild, Ken, you're like they're going to go for one last run but at Ken, it. You're, you're like Bill, unfortunately. Your disdain for the guy that used to play quarterback is precluding you from seeing the reality in front of you, which is they weren't ever that brilliant or smart. They were smart. They made good decisions. But they were never the reason this thing whole this whole thing worked, and that's what you're witnessing right mm. now. They were part of it. You got to give Bill some credit. And if they have to maintain the spending they had a couple off seasons ago, mm-hmm. then they're admitting it publicly because they're doing things entirely different than they did before. Well, that could be part of the, the thing. It Belichick is. is. I agree. He does not want to go crazy. That's not the way he does it. And Why? he wants to prove. Yes, he can win without Brady. And totally people agree. who say that it's, it's the most important thing, no. The most important thing to Bill is having his kids on the staff and not having tough people to coach. He wants to coast past the record without a headache, and he thinks he's earned that. And he might start Zappy for three or four starts this year. That is totally possible. They are going to have a somewhat legitimate quarterback battle in camp. It's Mo- going to be awesome. What is the most dysfunctional organization in Boston? Um, not the Free Jacks. They're in the conference finals today. That was, I'm sure, on a lot of people's mind. Oh, I drove past the Veterans Stadium in Quincy yeah. last week. It was Stiz it was banging. I'm, is... Stiz has the news. That game's later today. What's what's this functional franchise? That's a tough one because the Bruins. God, that was the worst ending of the bunch. All right, we'll get Ken's answer before one o'clock. Let me, let me ponder that. While Stiz trends, I'll, I'll, I'll come up with an answer. Your home of the Sox. Now here's what's trending on WEEI. The one zero. Swinging a fly ball, struck well, right field. Springer goes back, looks up, and that ball is gone. Masataka Yoshida goes deep to right. It's the second Sox home run of the inning, and it's now 4-0 Red Sox unloading on a blast from Yoshida. 444 feet for Masa. That was the solo home run blast from Masataka Yoshida as the Red Sox got the job done last night in Toronto. Jaron Duran hit a two-run homer. James Paxton and two relievers combined on a three-hitter, and the Sox snapped a season-worst five-game losing streak. They beat the Blue Jays 5-0. The second of the three-game series will continue today in Toronto. First pitch at 3.05. The Red Sox are scheduled to start right-hander Cutter Crawford. He's 0-1 with a five-and-a-quarter ERA in three career games, two starts against Toronto. Don't forget you can catch every pitch right here on the Shaw's and Star Market WEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. Christian Arcan will get you ready for the game starting at 2.05 with the Mass Mutual pregame show, Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. Kristaps Porzingis has agreed to a two-year, $60 million extension with the Boston Celtics. Earlier this month, Porzingis picked up his $36 million player option for next season in order to facilitate his trade to the Celtics. And this extension, which kicks in next summer, will keep him in Boston until 2026. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ken and Curtis right after this. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. 
Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. I've been moving calm, don't start no trouble with me. Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me. Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me. You know how I like it when you loving on me. I don't want to die for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things There we go, Stis. Canada Day. Happy Hope Canada Day to all my in-laws. And it's a Blue Jays Red Sox 3.30 first pitch that is called 3.07, but it'll actually be 3.30. Because they have the big pregame festivities there at Rogers Center. Yeah, I was in Montreal one year for Canada Day. And it's Banana Land. It really is. It's a big scene. You know, America's hat. <laughs> Can we get a little rush later? I mean, Drake's fine. But okay. Can we get yeah. a rush? We what about Celine Dion? Oh, Celine, that's good fine. call, Curtis. I'm a music guy at heart. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, I, I spent I the... I love uh, Stiz. He's such a good guy. I miss he him. is a good guy. We have a lot of good guys here, but Billy Lanny, too. Oh. Every time I come in at uh, after the producer show, nothing against Shime and Garver. They're great. But Lanny, talk about a good guy who just makes you happy. I love Billy. Billy I've, Lanny, known, I, I've known Billy for, for the I used to show. work right after his afternoon shift at night uh, in this very building at a different radio station, and Billy is salt of the earth. Now, I spent the uh, break analyzing your question. Which New England franchise is the most dysfunctional currently? Can I start from the bottom? Well, starting from the bottom, now we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. uh, the whole team's here. The Celtics are the least dysfunctional except... The coaching situation, you would agree, is perplexing at best. Yes. Possibly dysfunctional. Uh, I don't know if it's dysfunctional. I would say... They have coaches in waiting on the staff. I would say the, the bizarre goalie Bob Monty stuff at the end of the playoffs was kind of strange. <laughs> oh, well, that's... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say the Bruins are the least dysfunctional. Okay, and there's reports that the Jalen Brown extension is going to get done, even if it's not right away. Uh, Globe reporting that, some others. So that's probably going to happen. So they have their two stars. It doesn't appear, and Greg's real estate scoop may support this, that he's leaving anytime soon. So you got Tatum and Brown. For at least they're, the next two years. They're trying some different things around them. I support that. I, I wasn't calling for Porzingis, but it seems like a good move But if to you're going to mention coaching, you have to include the Celtics dysfunctional coaching. The Celtics? I thought you just mentioned the Celtics after the Bruins. No, I, I think the Celtics are the least dysfunctional. Oh, I thought you said Bruins. I'm sorry. Yeah, Celtics, because... They have their stars, except for the coaching situation is murky. But the Bruins are the most dysfunctional. I think you have to go there because their stars are totally in question. The Red this Sox thing, are more or less. <laughs> they're not that dysfunctional. The Red, what? They're not uh, of the four. I'd put them third. I would the put them the most dysfunctional. What? The Why? Boston Red Sox. Why? Because the GM and the manager are on different pages, publicly or privately feuding. The owner is entirely disengaged. They are rudderless. They have no direction. Mm, they're they not have, rudderless. They they the, person, the organization believes in Bloom. The, He's going to make some trades at the deadline. The, they're the going to add more prospects. The manager and the fan base do not believe in Bloom. Bloom's last stop has been exceptionally successful since he departed in Tampa Bay. He's not missed in the slightest. The Red Sox farm system is mediocre at best, and they are light years away well, from they have, contending. If you, Marcelo Meyer, I know you're you don't think he's good as based on his last month of uh, average. He's the number three prospect in baseball or something like that. So they okay. have an elite prospect. Okay, what percentage of the top ten prospects in baseball turn into be what they thought they were? 85. 85%? Yep. I would think that's a little bit high of a hit rate. I don't know. The Rays have had a lot of top ten prospects that have actually come up, Wander Franco and others, and been pretty good. 
Shane McClanahan. I like seeing a top 10 prospect in baseball. Oh, I love it. There's a good hit rate Most exciting thing in sports. So next year, when Meyer's here, and you've got Devers, and you've got Yoshida, and you've got Brian Bayo. Wait, wait. Yeah, and next year. Yes. Mid-season call-up next year. So not next year. So the year after. Oh, yeah, for the stretch run. Comes up and gives you that that mid-season pop. Ken, you would never tolerate this, like, two and a half years away from actually contending with a guy at shortstop? One year away. He's not Next one year, year away. they are championship caliber. If the they Red make Sox? the right moves, yes. If they make the right moves between now and then. Same with the Patriots. That's why they're not the most dysfunctional. If I pick the right numbers, I'm a millionaire tonight <laughs> at the lottery. Like, it's not likely well, to happen. Uh, you can say that, but I, you know. I can you say ha- that. That's <clears throat> how I feel. Okay, so you think Bloom will make bad trades, poor trades. I think Bloom is in over his head. Yes, I think he is not the man for the job. I'm going to trust that he will pull off, you know, the Betts trade. He got Verdugo. He got Connor Wong. They got two starters. The guy they benched. It was not the worst. It's not the worst? You think that they got a good deal out for for Mookie Betts? Yeah. I like Verdugo and I like Wong. Wong's throwing people out left and right. He's your everyday catcher. (sighs) You could have done a lot worse. You could have done a lot worse. Now, that's is that the Garrett Whitlock's a good rule five. Pick. Welcome to Odyssey, Boston. <laughs> you could have done a lot worse. <laughs> I think if they if he has a good uh, good month of August here, good trade deadline. Yes, right. next year they're in the mix. Okay. Trevor Story's back and he finds the next Aaron. I think they're on the they're they're heading somewhere. And you got an ace. That's not to be overlooked. Brian Bayo, you got your ace. But the Bruins are the most dysfunctional, even though they set the President's Trophy standard last year. I would say that it goes in terms of. Properly functioning to most dysfunctional. The most well-run organization is the Celtics. Mm-hmm. We agree. Then the Bruins. Then the Bruins. Then the Red Sox. Then the Patriots. I just don't. With the Bruins, they're just teetering. They're, they are They are going to be. If you're bringing Lucic in, you're grasping. You're going for they a have, 35-year-old. What is the most important position in hockey? Um, first line center. Okay. Second most important position <clears throat> in hockey. You would say the goalie. Right. And they, they are. They have two pretty good ones. They have a. They're just, mm-hmm. they're like Greg in the seaport. They're just spilling out cash everywhere at that spot. So you have to trade one. Well, and, they don't have sure to. They There's hit. no law for it. But they, they are in a great position of strength at the most important position on the ice. Okay. And they have like a, a young coach who just won the Jack Adams Award. So, you know, oh, best I, coach in hockey. But I don't know how you feel confident about him. He totally mangled the end of that series. Okay, so you want to do revisionist history about different court, different coaching decisions. I don't know how you feel good about Bill after the way he's coached the last couple of years. He's got a track record of 30 years that I can fall back on. Jim Montgomery has been in, what, three playoffs and is 0 for 3, basically? Okay. I mean, I mean seemed overwhelmed in this series with these guys So when it, when it really came down to yeah, it. Yeah, so, I would say the Patriots are right now the most dysfunctional team in the AFC East, and they're the most dysfunctional team in Boston. 617-779-7937. Who's the most dysfunctional franchise in town? Stiz, what do you think? I think I'm going to have to agree with you, Ken, with the Bruins. The yeah, way they the fumbled Bruins. that bag this year was just... Heartbreaking. That was disappointing. You got a guy breakfast, and all of a sudden he co-signs everything. <laughs> Great job, Stiz. You'll be in every Saturday. This, this guy is sticking. While we're doing this as well, can I mention this? Uh, it was Courtney's lead yesterday on the Greg Hill Show, this Jonathan Jones tweet. Wiggy is, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand it, but there is a lot of reaction to the inability of NFL players and gambling on actual games from the facility or yep. gambling in the NFL. And there's this... Uh, Jonathan Jones, uh, to sum- I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but to summarize it, they I can you know risk my life on the field, but I can't risk a thousand dollars on the Patriots winning a game on Sunday. Now, obviously, nobody's debating that they put themselves in, in, in 
harm's way, especially after you see what DeMar Hamlin endured last year. However, the NFL's revenue is split, I believe, 51-49. Half, 51% goes to the owners, 49% goes to the players. That revenue stream is everything they sell. So gambling revenue, whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings or whomever, they all pool that money, and 49% of that money has to go to the players. So the players do greatly benefit from all big partnerships because the money is split. Secondly, if you are just betting on your team to win and you pick a game where you're not betting on your team to win, whether you're betting for the opponent or not, you are tacitly saying to people to not invest and that you may lose that game. Yeah. I I find the... <laughs> Wiggy was like pro-gambling ga- pro across the board, which is great. I, uh, I, I but... just, I don't understand the... I, I, like, you sign a contract. On the contract, it says you can't gamble. Like, it's just black and white. So you wouldn't even allow, even if there were some way to police this and demand that it be true, you wouldn't allow players to bet on their own team to win? Never. I, I, I find it to be, if if you start questioning whether or not the game is on the level, you are losing everything. And I understand there's hypocrisy because Stephen Ross should have been kicked out of the league. Brian Flores proved in text message correspondence that the owner wanted them to tank. Roger Goodell said that it was being sarcastic and they pushed it under the rug. I get it. The owners suck. But... You can't have players gambling, especially if I play defensive back for the Patriots and my good friend plays wide receiver for the Texans. And I'm giving him our injury information, and he's giving me their injury information. But what if you could only bet on your team? Only on your team, you couldn't use that information. Somehow they'd have to legislate it, so Jonathan Jones could only bet on the Patriots and and to win. But then when you're not betting, Vegas knows. (laughs) <laughs> so so they would follow Jonathan Jones' bets, and if he doesn't bet for the week, they don't feel good? <laughs> don't no, I mean, like, if, if you have to bet for your team every game, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it seems impossible to, to legislate that. Uh, yeah, and you you nailed his tweet, by the way. That was You, you uh, read it pretty well, right? I understand rules are rules, but I can risk my life so that my team wins, but I can't risk 1K on my team winning. If you and understand rules are rules, then why do you... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you agreed to the contract, and... You know, an example of this. So when I was a freshman at BC, I managed the basketball team. And because of BC's history, there is a zero tolerance, zero, zero, zero tolerance on any form of gambling or information. I had to sit through like three hours of mandatory training on what is gambling, what these things that you do, all the things that you would be suspended and maybe kicked out of school for. And it was no injury talk. I mean, like it is... They make it so clear that there is no way you walk out of that facility having any, you know, sort of mixed understanding of what zero tolerance means. And for these athletes to say that they don't understand it, I think is laughably insane. Now, some guy randomly uh, tweeted at him. And this, I think this is kind of interesting. You've made over $26 million in your career. What's the fun in $1,000 bets for you? Oh, you can't say that. I mean, people gamble for a lot of But it is kind of true, though. You know, like. Why would you want to possibly call into question your business or your line of work? You're doing pretty well. Why do you really need that $1,000? Because people that reach the NFL have very rarely been told no. They're always treated well, by and large, by the colleges or by people around them. They always have people seeking their access. 
So when you're actually physically said other people are allowed to do this, but you're not, yeah. you act like a petulant child. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could disagree with you on this. I largely agree. I, you just can't. The integrity of the game is too precious right now. You cannot have the per, uh, I mean, think perception about, of insider trading and, and have this go on. I said this on the Greg Hill Show yesterday, but do you remember the AFC Championship game? I always remember, forget the guy's name, the coach of the Bengals, whatever he is. Uh he when name? the when the refs were handing the Chiefs the Zach AFC, Taylor Zach Taylor what did he say? It's fixed. <laughs> that guy yeah. disappeared. Yeah. You didn't see yeah. Zach Taylor once again. That was not discussed on the sanctioned NFL media <laughs> programs. ESPN was <clears throat> knee deep in LeBron. I mean, they can't have that thought be out there for any any reason whatsoever. Back to the dysfunction or lack thereof of the Red Sox. <laughs> Two oh seven texture. We have six top 100 prospects. Bayo just graduated. Cassis was ninth, just graduated. Marcelo Mayer, Meyer, number three. Sedan Rafaela, 34. Miguel uh, Blay, 37. Nick York, 67. Does that uh, impress you at all? Six top 100 prospects. That the Sox are on the path, and this will be a steady stream of those other four guys joining the club in the next couple of years. Um... I guess, but why Why does this preclude you from spending to build on the team that's currently here? Well, they did spend on Devers. Oh, I mean, God. They kept their biggest star, which most people wanted. Most people chose him over Bogarts. We talked about this a lot last year. Okay. So they spent some, and they spent $100 million on Yoshida. Good signing, you would agree. They haven't spent nothing. They just, I would agree, they didn't go $500 million like the Mets. Nobody's saying they should go $500 million like the Mets. It's how about having a representative team? They knew Trevor Story was injured during the offseason, correct? Yeah. I they mean, chose to replace him with Kike. <laughs> didn't work out so well. And Dahlbeck for a game. You didn't bring that I've never heard of him. Here's a uh, 774 texter. Kraft is spending $400 million on the largest big screen in the world. Gillette will be a completely different venue. There is no way Kraft will allow a team to be fielded that is not ready to compete for a deep playoff run this season. But, well, why did he then not invest in the team? Why are they 31st in the NFL in cash spending? Lazy take, I know. Do you think he's screaming at Bill about that? Like, No! What, what do we How Tom Curran he, is so in the satchel of Robert Kraft. <laughs> well, he, I guess, but I, I... I guess? Can we play that against Why his? would Kraft not want to spend on a tackle? He's who probably rep- dying to. Who had the report after week one that Robert Kraft was unhappy at Kendrick Bourne's playing time? Mm, who did have that report? Tom E. Curran. Did he? Okay. I thought there was multiple reports. But okay. Nope. It was Tom Curran. It was Sunday night, and it was right there for everybody to see. Tom Curran is doing the bidding of Robert Kraft. God bless him. He gets you access. I'm not saying you know he's anything less. Than so he only wants it out there that he's willing to spend anything, but he actually doesn't want to spend everything because well, he spent too much on the lighthouse. Do you teach the Maya big TV? Actions speak louder than words because that seems like a pretty good yeah. saying. It's got some meaning behind it. Yeah, but he wants to go out a winner. He doesn't want to go out a perceived winner that like wanted to spend and Bill wouldn't let him. You have two options. He wants to go out a winner. You have two options. Either Robert Kraft has Bill Belichick do what he wants or he fires him. Like He's now powerless in his own organization again. I can't keep up with all the excuses. Here's more of a current talking about Kraft and the monetary, the fiscal nature of the Patriots with Jones and Mega this week. I think that... Ownership is on board, and Robert Kraft has said this, with anything Bill wants to do, that he just wants to see it work when he does it. Robert made it very clear and summoned reporters while we were at the owners' meetings to hear him out when he said, I would never put Bill on any kind of a budget. He has carte blanche to do what he wants with the roster and the spending. Bill is fairly economical already. 
But I just don't think they're in a position, Mego, where you want to be nickel and diming a player like DeAndre Hopkins and cutting off your nose to spite your face. So just he, because you've made mistakes with Nikhil Harry or Antonio Brown or Mohamed Sanu or you name the player, Nelson Aguilar, now's not the time to stop digging when you're in a critical season. So work with me on this, okay? Specific example. DeAndre Hopkins is inside the walls of Gillette Stadium. He is on his free agent visit. They're snapping picks with Judon. They're obviously negotiating back and forth. And Bill says one year, nine million, whatever. And DeAndre says, Thank you. You know, that's that's not gonna work. And Robert Kraft doesn't have the power to say, DeAndre, what will it take to preclude you from leaving this building without being a member of the Patriots? But in that case, don't you think Belichick says to Kraft, look, it's there's method to my madness here. I'm not giving him thirty million guaranteed. I want to offer him this much because I want him to come in as the player that we need him to be to fall in line and to become a team guy and not superstar that's going to show up once a week. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I'm Robert Kraft, I say we need him. We need to get him on this roster. Yeah. And let's get it done. It's we're not talking about not, thirty million. But they guaranteed. haven't lost him yet. I mean, they haven't. So I, I suppose Belichick could okay, say. But what Robert, what, what Tom Curran's trying to establish, I just don't buy into. That Robert Kraft gave him carte blanche, and, and Bill Belichick is electing not to get players that are talented into here, into Gillette Stadium. That just doesn't make sense. 617 779 5087. the Red Sox better be saving their money and backing up the Brinks truck for Shohei Otani. If not, get rid of Hein Bloom. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe they're just uh, loading up for hey, a time. If they get Shohei, I will do Sam's laundry for a week. We're back. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Can of the day for you right there. Come on. That's just Raj, NHL free agency. That sounds off Canada. Right there. Happy Canada Day. Happy July 1st. Curtis breaking down all the NHL signings starting at noon. We have a clock in my house. Countdown to free agency. <laughs> a new league year is 12 minutes away. Juiciest thing is the Eric Carlson trade talks. Right. Interesting. People think Carlson starts with a C. It's a K. Good job. And a uh, couple Eastern teams that are interested, including Carolina, Pittsburgh, and the Leafs, according to Pierre Lebrun. So that would be a major blockbuster trade, possibly in the works. Keep you posted. Also, Patriots are uh, now into the month of July, which means camp starts in, what, three weeks? Three weeks until they report. Three weeks of vacation. Right. Uh, Mike Cadillac's been great with us covering the Pats beat. He'll jump on at noon for a little uh, of the latest Recapping the week of Devontae Parker signing, Jawan Bentley, and then what it means for the uh, D-Hop situation and going forward, and the money that Kraft will or will not spend. You can join the show, 617-779-7937. Our candid one, right now, Alex in Cambridge talking about Pats and Mac Jones. Hi, Alex. Yeah, hi. Uh, I don't really think that uh, Mac Jones can get anybody the ball. So I think that's why uh, 
nobody's spending anything for uh, receivers. So Bill doesn't think Mac's any good and therefore is not wasting his money? Sort of. Well, then why is Mac here? Uh, because he has to be. No, he doesn't. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'd like to see a real quarterback uh, tryouts with Zappy and uh, Zappy and Mac. Well, I think you're going to get that. And, I, it's just, I mean, and by the way, there was a report that Bill was interested in Rodgers, if you believe that report from Craig Carton. Yeah, I, the timing of that was a little off. Um, I mean, I'm skeptical of it as well, but he does love him some Rodgers. I, th- I think I think Bill likes Rodgers and hates the Jets and did whatever he could to pee in the pool of the Jets acquiring Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the, that it was a legitimate offer from Bill Belichick. Also, if Bill has no faith in Mac Jones, he wouldn't be here. If if what Tom Curran's saying is right, that Bill has carte blanche to do what he wants, then if why he has we... carte blanche, I mean, he could be here as a token appreciation to Robert Kraft. I'm keeping him around for a camp battle, and then we're going with ba- with Bailey's happy, but. I don't believe that. Did you in a million years, after four years after Brady, sit back and think that there would be this dysfunction within the Patriots? Uh, uh, I, yeah, I kind of did because I've lived through other cities and their fight for a quarterback my whole life. A, a I, fight for I, a quarterback where? Bubby Brister was the quarterback that I watched as a kid in Pittsburgh. Okay. Bradshaw left. It was Bubby Brister, Mike Tomzak. These was were the Bradshaw, quarterbacks of my youth. Was Bradshaw winning championships elsewhere when Brister was the quarterback? Uh, no, he blew out his arm and he was dead. Okay, well, I hope he's doing okay. He's not dead, but he's, you know what I mean. He was As a quarterback, he died. The Patriots, What? What? here's the current state. The reason why the Patriots are the most dysfunctional team in, in Boston. Because Bill Belichick prioritizes people capitulating in front of him, people bowing and genuflecting in his presence above actual performance on the field. Yeah, I mean... I agree with that. I mean, I mean, what a pathetic human! <laughs> well, like that's just, how that's how you exist. A little that, strong. I, you need it's people. For him. I mean, Damian Harris. I got told this when I was in Nashville by somebody who had interacted with him a lot. Couldn't even address Bill directly. He was told he had to navigate the issue with his positional coach, and that the head coach doesn't talk to him. Do you think Brady sits there and thinks, "Why did I let Bill convince me to take less money all those years?" Of course. It's it's the t- double-edged sword because it was the key to their success in so many ways. Not as many as you think. I don't know. I mean, but it was so insulting, I mean, to his personal wealth. and. <laughs> I, you know what I thought of this weekend? I mean, it just shows how deranged I am with Brady, but Kyrie Irving signed three years, $126 million with the Mavericks. Yeah, I know. And I'm thinking, like, how many years Brady was making $18 million a year in the most profitable sports league on the planet? Right. As the most important player. And he lost all the money in crypto. Right. I mean, Does he blame Bill or crypto more? I, I the lost well. Probably Giselle. 603 texter. I don't get the problem if the Patriots sign Hopkins. How do they not expect a return on ticket sales? The guy uh, you invest in, jersey sales, Excel goes getting all that, all the return from Hopkins. But I guess. Uh, I don't think they'll. Do you think they'll get that much of a return they on Hopkins? Will, the, the Hopkins is a swing move, man. It, it, that Thursday when we were up in Keene. That felt like at three, four o'clock in that one, where it was, you know, you had McAfee, you had Reese, everybody was, you know, Jeff Howe was, you know, salivating. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was about to happen, and that that changes the outlook. Even the gentleman who called earlier, who was sort of with two me, wins, I, I don't disagree with that. 
it, it is it is so consequential to the roster and to what the outlook for the team would be. The fact that it's not done suggests they don't care. Two hundred seven texter says Bill keeps Mac because he's cheap. Period. But I. I my question for everybody that still believes in Bill, I just want to know why. Explain it to me like I'm five. Eight Super Bowls. Okay. That, so, so, so Marv Levy should still be coaching the Bills? Uh, did he win? He got to four in a row. I don't he know if you read that. He didn't actually win the games. Okay. So why isn't... Uh, There's a little bit of a difference there. Why isn't Parcells Brady coaching? Brady cost them two others. Why, why isn't Parcells... Ten Super Bowls. Why, is, why, why isn't Parcells coaching? <laughs> He's old. Okay. What's Bill? Not that old. What? Seventy. What was he, 71? He, he's doing something he himself said he shouldn't do. 70 is like nothing these days. God. I don't know. With Bill, it looks like something. Mike Catlick will join us coming up next. He'll give his expertise on the week in Patriots signings. They were pretty busy this week. And as NHL free agency begins in, what, just six minutes? Yeah, my, Curtis is salivating at the first big signing to come across the board. My uh, Pavel uh, Bure, I think, is going to go for a big <laughs> I, number. Yeah, Bure, he's hot. Right back. <laughs> 